Good afternoon and welcome to Everyday Law. I am your host, Bob Clark. As always, any discussions on this show are not providing specific legal advice. If you have a legal problem, it is imperative that you marshal the facts and see a lawyer and speak to them about your individual situation. Also, any of the opinions that are offered on this show are not the opinions of Howard County Community College faculty, staff, employees. Our guest today, a returning champion, Alan Steinhorn. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you for having me, Bob. Last week, we had Dave Herrick on, and he had a variety of topics, and one of them, maybe a little boring, but nonetheless important, is insurance coverage. And Alan is an expert in the field of insurance coverage, having been a lawyer practicing in that realm for over 30 years. And I have taken the liberty of bringing in the insurance sheets from my own automobile insurance and homeowner's insurance to actually talk about this stuff, because for many people... When I ask them, I need to see your declaration sheet, they have no idea what I'm talking about, and they have no idea what its significance is. We spent a good deal of time last week talking about the importance of having the right coverages, most specifically with regard to PIP, personal injury protection, and also with regard to uninsured motorist coverage. And while we may cover some of the same ground today with Alan, I thought it was important to get into the details of what the coverages mean, why they're important, and how little they actually cost. So, Mr. Steinhorn, you have had many years of dealing with insurance companies and personal injury and malpractice cases. Do you regard insurance coverage as an important issue? It's extremely important. Uh, Unless you live in the city and access public transportation, you're going to be driving a car somewhere. And if you drive a car, you need to be protected from any negligent act you might engage in inadvertently. And if you harm someone, your insurance will protect you from losing your home, from having your wages garnished, and having a judgment entered against you. Sounds valuable. Also provide you a defense if you injure somebody. They provide you a free lawyer. Your car insurance provides legal representation in the event that you cause an accident. And in the event that a judge or a jury awards a verdict against you as a result of causing injury to someone, your car insurance will pay that judgment unless... Unless unless you didn't get the correct coverages. Ah. So it's important to understand what kinds of coverages you have in your insurance contract. And most people will try and get the least expensive coverage. So it's very important to understand what your coverage does for you when you tell your insurance agent, just give me the cheapest product you can. So let's start off with that. And I'm just looking at my own sheet here. And the first coverage they talk about is bodily injury liability each person, each occurrence. And we know from prior discussions that in Maryland, the minimum bodily injury coverage that you can buy and that the state requires is $30,000 per individual and $60,000 per each occurrence. What do you think about acquiring the state minimum as your insurance? If you're 18 years old, own nothing, don't have a job, and have nothing anyone can take from you ever in the future, that's probably fine. Okay. But if you want to protect yourself from a judgment, should you one day inadvertently cause an accident that really seriously harms someone, you need more than $30,000 in coverage. And the way this works is if someone is injured as a result of your negligence, let's say that you inadvertently are changing radio stations and you look down at the radio and you don't notice that the light turned red and the car in front of you is stopped. And at 35 miles per hour, you crash into the car in front of you. And the little old lady gets out of the car and falls to the ground and 
She says she needs help and an ambulance comes and they take her to the hospital and she explains that she has a bad back and now she's having trouble sitting up. And for in the next year, she sees three or four different doctors and her medical bills are now fifteen to $20,000. And one day your insurance company sends you a letter and it says, we've learned that the person that you hit in the car at the red light has filed a lawsuit. You should expect to receive papers soon. And when you do, you need to call us. And at that point, the little old lady, who's a wonderful lady, she's wonderful a retired lady. school teacher and she volunteers at the local church. Nobel and everyone Peace Prize loves winner. her. And now she can't go to the church and perform her volunteer work and she can't do grocery shopping and she's not being able to do her house cleaning. So they call a house cleaner and now the relatives are coming over to help. And she looks like she's really hurt. Her car was totaled in the crash and you feel terrible. But you only have $30,000 in insurance coverage and her medical bills are now $20,000. What are you going to do if she goes to court and a jury says that her injury is $150,000? Well, you might be facing bankruptcy. So what you want to do is make sure that you have enough insurance coverage to pay judgments that are likely to be entered against you. Now, fortunately, car accidents are rare. I mean, people usually don't have lots of car accidents in their lives. Most of them occur when people are young. But as you grow older and you become more conservative and a little bit more careful, perhaps you have less accidents. But nonetheless, a person can have an accident that causes injury to another and in that case, your assets are at stake. Because if a judgment is entered against you, people can take your assets. So you need enough insurance coverage. The insurance coverage pays for the judgment. So if you have a $30,000 policy and you cause a $50,000 injury and the person gets a $50,000 judgment in court, your insurance company will pay the injured party $30,000. The other $20,000 is coming from your pocket. The cost for increasing your insurance coverage from say 30,000 to 50,000 might be an extra $100 a year. To increase it to $100,000 might be only $200 a year. Most of us when we're young don't have money. We're in college. We're starting our lives. We're looking for jobs in the future and we don't have a lot of money to pay for insurance coverage. Perhaps at that age, it might be okay if you don't have the money, you don't have much choice. But if you do have the money, make it a priority to increase your coverage to a minimum of 50 and if you can, 100. If you have a job, I would recommend you have a $500,000 policy. And what that does is it covers you for any injuries that are serious and permanent. The best way to think about this is to take let's say a television set that you just bought at Best Buy or Costco okay, and you bought the top of the line ultra modern smart TV and you paid $2,000 for it. Suppose the person that crashes into the rear of your car as you're bringing it home from Best Buy destroys your $2,000 TV but they only have $1,000 in coverage. Their insurance company will pay you $1,000 for your damaged TV but it costs $2,000. So the at-fault driver will be on the hook for the extra $1,000 personally and now we can segue into something called uninsured motorist coverage. And you can use your own uninsured motorist coverage to collect the other $1,000 on your television set that the at-fault driver couldn't cover. Now the example I just gave you is not really perfectly accurate. It's a good analogy. But no one has $1,000 in property damage coverage. In Maryland, the minimum property damage coverage is $15,000. However, if any of you have ever purchased a new automobile, you know that you can't buy new automobiles for $15,000. Most of them are about 20, 30, somewhere in that range. So if you buy a new automobile and someone totals your car with a $15,000 property damage limit, you're not going to get all your money for your car. And in fact, I currently have a gentleman who owns a Tesla 
and his car was totaled by a driver from Florida, and that policy was a $15,000 property damage policy, and his car was totaled out at $30,000. So what does he do with the remaining $15,000? He's out of pocket. Well, in this case, and this is the only time this has ever happened in my career, the at-fault driver's insurance policy paid him the full amount. Really? And they were trying to avoid a lawsuit that I threatened them with to recover the additional monies for the car. And he also has an injury that is not fully covered by the at-fault driver's policy, which is kind of interesting. They're willing to pay him the property damage, but we have filed a lawsuit for his injuries because they've told us there's not enough insurance coverage to pay the three people that were injured in the collision, and we filed suit. I'll add something else as an aside. 48 hours after speaking with the claims rep and telling them we had filed suit and were serving their driver, she called me to tell me that she would be prepared to make offers within the next week. So we waited a year and there were no offers. We filed a lawsuit and 48 hours later, they're willing to make offers. It's funny how insurance companies seem to come around when you sue them. I don't think it was a coincidence, but they implied it was. So one of the other things that links into what you were saying previously is that in Maryland, your liability coverage is also the limit of what you can buy for uninsured motorist coverage. So if you want to protect yourself from being struck by a driver who has minimal insurance, then you buy uninsured motorist coverage. So we were talking about examples earlier with people, you know, you get hit by somebody who has the Maryland minimum limit of $30,000 and you need a surgery in your case is worth $100,000. If you have uninsured motorist coverage yourself, you may only get 30 out of the at-fault driver's policy, but then you can turn to your own insurance company and they'll pay the difference between what that driver had and what your uninsured motorist limits are. So in many respects, it is desirable to have significant liability limits because there's a link between that and what you're allowed to purchase for uninsured motorist coverage, which leads me to one other cautionary statement. And that is there's a lot of people who go out and buy a hundred dollars or $250,000 in liability coverage, which is smart. But then they don't take the next step of buying that same amount of money worth of uninsured motorist coverage. And one day they get hit by somebody and boy, they've got great coverage, but they don't get the benefit of it because they don't have uninsured or what we sometimes refer to as underinsured motorist coverage. Most insurance companies and most agents will match the uninsured motorist coverage to your liability coverage. But when you're purchasing your insurance, you should double check to make sure it's not a company that gives you a minimum uninsured motorist amount when you've told them you want a higher limit. Many people are unaware that they have coverage on their motor vehicle that is called underinsured motorist coverage. That's what you just referred to. We're all familiar with uninsured motorist coverage. The scoundrel that runs a red light at two in the morning and you happen to be coming home from a family visit, you're driving at night, someone runs a red light, they crash into you. Uh, as you get out of the car and you wobble around, you realize that the person has taken off and fled the scene, most likely because they are drunk and they don't want the police to encounter them and arrest them for DWI. And now you're left at a intersection, uh, severely injured, totaled automobile, the person has fled the scene, you didn't get their tag number. That is an uninsured motorist claim. Or the same accident happens, let's say it's noon, and the person gets out of the car and they give you their insurance information and you call their insurance company and the company says, can I put you on hold a minute? And that minute becomes five minutes, that minute becomes 10 minutes, and you're starting to wonder why they're not responding to you. And then someone picks up and says, oh, I'm sorry, that person didn't pay their premium this month. Their insurance policy lapsed. I'll send you a letter. We're not going to pay any of your damages. And now you're stuck. What do you do? That's an uninsured motorist claim. 
But the part of the coverage that many people are unaware they have is something called underinsured motorist coverage. And that means that your policy for uninsured motorist coverage is higher than the at-fault driver's liability policy. So the at-fault driver has $30,000. You have a $100,000 claim. If you have $100,000 in uninsured motorist coverage, you then have up to $100,000 in coverage if you're hurt by someone else who doesn't have a big enough policy. So the at-fault driver's policy would pay you $30,000, and you would go to your own policy and collect the $70,000. Now, one thing I will add is that we're talking in the abstract. This is how these policies work. We are not getting into what happens really when an insurance company then decides to destroy your case, even though it's your own insurance company applying underinsured motorist coverage, telling you, yes, the at-fault driver offered you the $30,000 policy, but we don't think you were hurt. We're not giving you anything. And then you say, but you're my policyholder. You're my company. I pay you premiums every month. Aren't you going to help me? No, we are now your enemy. We are allowed to step into the shoes of the at-fault driver and assert every defense against you. But you're my company. Aren't but you supposed to help neighbors, me? good neighbors, Alan. I have seen it many times where a person – in fact, I, another case I currently have involves a, a woman who – her insurance was with Allstate. The at-fault driver was with Allstate. So she assumed she was dealing with people that would help her. And about a month before the statute of limitations ran, the insurance rep said to them, we're not giving you any money for this. We don't represent you. And my client, naive and honorable as the day is long, says, but I've been dealing with you for two years and 10 months. Aren't you going to take care of all this? And they said, no. And then she called me, hired me, and we had to sue her on insurance company. That's nice. Yes. I, I will tell you this. And, and Bob, you know this as well. Both of us early in our careers were house counsels to major insurance companies defending their insureds in court. And while it's an honorable job, there are times where the insurance companies act in their best interests and not always in their insured's interests. So they're trying to save money. And the way they try and save money is to persuade the complaining party, the injured party, that their injuries really aren't as bad as they say or they weren't caused by the collision. You and I should not have this job. There should not be a need for attorneys to sue insurance companies to make them do the right thing. But they don't do the right thing. And that's why you sometimes have to call us to enforce your rights. So we were talking about we got liability coverage and the significance of that is it protects you for your own mistakes, uninsured or underinsured coverage, which protects you from the mistakes of others. There are other coverages listed on my declaration sheet, and there are a couple of things I want to talk about the coverages themselves, but also how oddly inexpensive they are. So I'm just looking at my policy, and I am a lawyer who does this for a living, so I have a kind of stronger policy than some. But I'm looking, my bodily injury liability is a $500,000 per person policy. And the cost of that for six months on one vehicle is $60. You know, it's $60, $120 a year to have that much coverage. It's quite a bit of money. Well, it's to increase it. Well, I'm just talking about literally that's not even to increase it. It is what it costs. So I'm then looking. I have property damage liability in an age when people are driving around in Teslas and Porsches and Ferraris. The Tesla was $60,000 new. And so was- I have $100,000 in property damage liability coverage. And I'm looking at the same vehicle that the $500,000 in liability coverage was $60.70. Property damage is $63.63. It actually costs more to get property damage coverage for one-fifth of what my liability coverage is. But again, it's not an enormous amount of money. And, and then I'm and moving down to the- If uninsured. I could emphasize something real quickly. Sure. 
With property damage, people often think, well, I'm not going to damage a $25,000 car. I'm not going to damage a $50,000 car. But I want you to imagine this scenario. You are driving on I-95 or any other major highway. There are four lanes. You make a lane change, and it turns out you didn't see a car in the blind spot. You hit that car. That car then spins around. A car behind it hits it, and it goes into another car. There are now four cars that are totaled as a result of your maneuver. The four cars' total damage is $110,000. Thus, you need to have property damage liability insurance of significance. So I was looking at the other things on here. We talk a lot about uninsured motorist coverage. And the cost of uninsured motorist coverage on each of my vehicles is $20 every six months. And again, that's $500,000 in coverage. How much would you save by only having $30,000? You know, when you're paying 20 bucks, what do you pay? $6 or something? It's preposterous well, how little it costs raising to have the your, coverage. Raising your limits are not that expensive. Um, we do have to be cognizant of a student's income. That is entirely true. So what we are describing is aspirational, and you need to be informed to make these decisions. I am sure many of the students that are listening to this program don't have sufficient funds to buy million-dollar policies. But be aware of what is involved so that you can make the best choices you can. Prioritize your protection and safety. So the other coverage I was going to talk about, and we spoke with David Herrick a little bit last week, is personal injury protection coverage. And I have the maximum in Maryland, which is $10,000. And where property damage was $63.63 on this vehicle, $17.94 every six months for having $10,000 in PIP protection. And it's a valuable coverage. Yes. PIP is an acronym that stands for Personal Injury Protection. And think of it as health insurance and lost wage disability insurance if you're in a car accident. Anyone in your car that's in a car accident has PIP coverage if you have PIP coverage on your car. This used to be a mandatory coverage, which means that every car that was sold in the state of Maryland up until about eight or 10 years ago had PIP coverage. It is now optional. Now, if you have an accident and you're injured, having the PIP coverage means that you can go to any doctor you want and it will pay for all of your medical bills up to that amount. The minimal amount you can buy is $2,500. I would urge you to consider five or $10,000 med pay policies. And that means that anyone hurt in your automobile, it doesn't matter if it's your fault. You know, if you just fall asleep at the wheel and drive into a tree, you can still use your PIP coverage to pay your medical bills up into that amount. It's a very important coverage. I urge everyone to get it. It makes me look like a better lawyer when I represent you because then I get $2,500 in additional coverage. Our law firm doesn't take a legal fee for collecting PIP. And now you've got $2,500 more in your recovery and you think I'm a, a lawyer that's probably better than the last guy because I got you this $2,500. So all those coverages, just looking through in the scheme of things, frankly, just don't cost that much money. I then turn to my homeowner's insurance and I noticed that it's the same kind of thing, that you have personal injury liability insurance, again, in this case, $500,000. And they also have something called medical payments to others, which I gather is for a homeowner, the equivalent of PIP for your house, but your house doesn't get into crashes. It is. The first number that you described, the $500,000 number, would be if someone comes into your house and perhaps your teenage child was coming out of the shower and there's water on the floor and the person slips and falls and has a serious injury. That would cover them for any claims against you for negligence. But the medical payments policy would also pay their medical bills if they're hurt in your house without regard to whether anyone is at fault. Again, these are coverages that are not especially expensive and yet can protect you and protect your loved ones from injuries they sustain even if no one's at fault. 
I would suggest, and most of our listeners are going to be driving cars more so than owning homes. As far as driving a car goes, what you'll find is the insurance coverages might not be $122. It's going to be $500, $600 a year for your coverages. But you may only pay $100 more to get these advanced higher limits of coverage. There's just not that much more money paid for those extra coverages. As far as homeowners coverages go, it's the same thing. The more insurance you have, the more safe you are. We sometimes view insurance as, well, we're protecting the person we hurt. But in reality, insurance is to protect you from losing any assets or wages if you do accidentally hurt a person and they have a claim to present against you. It's really important to have insurance. I was talking with David Herrick about this last week and how many times I've seen clients who've been injured in car accidents or otherwise who are unable to get the medical treatment they need when they need it because they don't have health insurance and they don't have PIP, they don't have medical payment coverage, and then they rue the day they didn't get these coverages, but at the time they bought the policy, it might have saved them 20 bucks, and it just comes back around on you in such a negative way. We see the consequences of people that make these decisions. And I remember my early 20s wondering whether I needed increased limits. And fortunately, I did not have any accidents that harm people. But as you grow older and you start accumulating some assets, maybe you now own your own car, maybe you've purchased your first house. If you don't have enough insurance coverage, then you could lose those things if someone sues you and gets a judgment. So in reality, insurance is to protect us. It does, in fact, as a consequence, help the person that you may have harmed or injured, but it's really intended to protect you. So start thinking about insurance coverage as protecting you, not the person you might hit in your car. One other intriguing offshoot of homeowners coverage that a lot of people don't realize, and this came home for me in a case that was of some significance years ago involving an ATV accident. And that is that if you are a resident of a place that is covered by homeowner's insurance and you go off the premises and you injure somebody, that homeowner's insurance in many instances follows you. And the case I had was actually some young men who were riding ATVs out on the public roadway at night and one of them drove too fast and ran over another one. And it was a big lawsuit over it. And ultimately, the homeowner's insurance for the fella who was driving the ATV, he was living with his parents, applied and resulted in a settlement for my client and resulted in his medical bills being paid. And when you think of homeowner's insurance, you think getting hurt at someone's home. But in fact, in many instances where you are negligent, it follows you around and provides you additional protections. I saw that case. I saw how you handled that case. And I would suggest to anyone that has caused an injury outside the home, if you own a home and have homeowner's insurance coverage, you might want to call a lawyer. You might want to call your agent just to find out if it's covered. Because I must tell you, the case that you had at the time, I was not fully aware of the full extent of the homeowner's policy. And that was early in my career. And I learned early on that your homeowner's policy offers a lot more coverage than I knew at the time. It also has the additional virtue of, in many instances, if like you know your kid's away at college and they injure somebody in some manner, not even in a car accident, it can provide a defense lawyer through the insurance company for your son or daughter's actions. And the value of having a free lawyer and having coverage for their actions is just a tremendous asset. Well, yesterday, I got a phone call from a former client who runs a landscaping business. And as part of his business, he clears snow and ice from large parking lots. And he just called me yesterday and said, I just got notice that someone filed a lawsuit as a result of slip and fall in a parking lot at a Walmart I cleared. 
And he explained to me the defenses. In fact, he pulled up the weather report that showed it was 40 degrees that day. So it's kind of hard to figure out how this person slipped on ice. But regardless, I told him he need not call me, that he didn't need to worry about legal fees, that he had insurance. And he confirmed that he had liability insurance for his business. So now he calls them up and he doesn't have to hire a lawyer. He doesn't have to pay anyone. And if you have a motor vehicle collision and you have to defend it yourself, you could spend ten, twenty thousand dollars on the legal fees easily. So one very important part of insurance coverage is the insurance company will provide a lawyer for you and you need not pay for that. So I just told the caller, you don't need to talk to me. Call your insurance agent, tell them the things you've told me, and then call me back if you have any problems. I have not heard back from them. So what I would suggest to our listeners, if you have questions about the coverages that you're buying for any kind of insurance, you can actually call us up and ask us what you should get. We don't mind. I mean, it's, we're trying to be helpful to the mm -hmm. community. We try and do some outreach through the radio show, but you can call us at our office, which is 301-317-1001. You can ask for Bob or Alan. And we'll take your call and we'll say, you should buy this and you should look into the cost of this. And that way we can help kind of give a real context to your purchases. I would also say this. There are times where overpaying for products is a concern that maybe you don't need to buy the top of the line of this or the top of the line of that. But when it comes to insurance coverage, I can't think of an instance where it's a bad idea to buy more coverage rather than less. So buy as much as you can afford. I would recommend that everyone have at least a $100,000 bodily injury policy. If you can afford a $500,000 policy like Mr. Clark has, I would recommend that. Make sure you have PIP coverage. If you can increase it, it's called medical payments coverage. Then you can get up to $10,000 on your car. You will get up to $10,000 in medical treatment costs. You don't just get a check, but when you submit the bills to your insurance company, they will pay you for the bills. And they will pay you the full amount, not what the health insurance pays. And don't forget your uninsured motorist coverage. That's very important. Make sure that when you have your liability coverage that your uninsured motorist coverage is equal to. It's unusual that it would not be, but it can occur if you're not cautious and you don't check to see that it's the same amount. One other variable in all of this that is often lost in the innumerable commercials that we see in television for insurance companies is that different insurance companies treat their insureds differently as well. And I'm not going to go through a oh list boy. of yes. I'm going to probably get sued if I answer. Well, the we're not. The way gonna, I, I'm not going to go through a list right of the insurance companies. Essentially, the way it works is this. The larger insurance companies in the United States have an experience across millions of cases, and they recognize that if they offer less than a judge or jury is likely to return as a verdict, in some instances, injured people will be forced to take those sums. And so that is now the day-to-day -day practice of most of the major insurance companies. And so my clients will also often say to me, oh, I have great insurance coverage, and I will hear which company it is with. And I say, well, that may be great coverage that you have, but they're not going to pay you in that coverage. They will fight you tooth and nail. And I am routinely asked by friends and family members, which insurance companies you should go to. And actually by coincidence, my daughter and her boyfriend just moved into an apartment and they were looking at renter's insurance. And they were looking at some of the ones that in my experience do not treat their insurance well. And I was able to explain to them that there are insurance companies, and I'm not going to list the negative ones, but some of the better ones are Erie, Erie USAA, and Amica. And the reason they Correct. are better insurance companies is that if you get sued, they will pay fair market value to settle the injured party's case rather than have you go into a lawsuit. 
you're less likely to be sued. They will pay the fair value so that the plaintiff's attorney does not file a lawsuit to get fair value. And if you're injured and you're trying to get the benefits of a policy with them, let's say you get hit by an at-fault driver who has a $30,000 policy, your case is worth $100,000 and you have $100,000 in underinsured motorist coverage, if it's Erie or USA or Amica, they'll pay you that additional money without fighting you, without making you go to court. And the value of having insurance to protect you, it's great to have $500,000 in coverage, but if you have $500,000 in coverage with an insurance company that won't pay it under any circumstances, that diminishes its value. Shout out to Erie and USAA. I Absolutely. Agree. You know, anytime we see a case come in where someone is severely injured and the at-fault driver is insured by Erie or USAA or Amica, then we know that they will fairly evaluate the case and they will make a good faith to effort to settle the case without it going into a lawsuit. And that means less time invested in it from the injured person's standpoint. And it means they are much more apt to forego the stress of going into a lawsuit and going through the whole legal process. I know we're running out of time, but I'll end this by saying you won't be getting letters stating, we've evaluated your claim and we do not believe a person could be injured based on the amount of property damage, and we are therefore denying your claim. Thank you, Geico, for that letter. My client had $5,500 in property damage. Why are you sending me this letter? And yet, that's what they do. So be aware of that. Shout out to USAA and Erie. On that note, I'd like to thank Alan Steinhorn for coming on and talking about insurance coverages. Well, thank you for having me, Bob. I hope it wasn't too hard for listeners to understand. I think that we have pounded home a message two weeks in a row that is of tremendous value. And we're going to bring you back to talk about uh, some other issues of a medical nature that are of interest to the listeners, I suspect. Well, that would be wonderful. This has been Everyday Law. I'm your host, Bob Clark. Thank you and farewell. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.